0: Dear Dr. Cherise, my opportunity to take a lot of the questions that you all try to slip in my DMs and do something constructive. Dear Dr. Cherise, are y'all ready for this, for this? The goal is for us to have honest, courageous conversations, pretty much with no topic off the table. 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 Let's go. You know, it's really easy to talk a good game when there's nobody around, but it is difficult to speak up for yourself when you know you need to communicate something that is going to create a boundary for someone else in your life. Do not let anyone keep you From using your voice. Had a great question this week from Laura from North Carolina. Her question was centered around how do you set boundaries, specifically with family and the fears that she experiences when trying to set those boundaries or even believing that if she sets those boundaries, it's going to sever their relationships that are there. But that's a real dynamic. When you're putting a boundary in place, it's going to shift the right relationships. And that's a risk that you have to be willing to take because it's so important. Another dynamic of her question that I want to get into for a moment is she also talked about how she grew up and what it's like to set boundaries when you've been a survivor of childhood trauma or narcissistic abuse. One of the things I wanna say is a lot of times when I talk about the concept of trauma, people will immediately have a strong response to that. Our idea of trauma is centered around what we see on the movies or on media. And while those things are true, let me remind you, there are two types of trauma. There's your little T traumas and your big T traumas. Your big T traumas are the things that you think about in terms of a major occurrence, a one-time situation. Going through COVID, for example, was a trauma for us all. But what we don't want to sleep on is the fact that we experience traumas all the time and many of us did experience traumas in childhood and don't recognize how the impact of those traumas still has some type of influence on the way that we respond today. Let me give you an example. First, the definition of trauma that I love is that trauma is anything that occurs in your life beyond your ability or your capacity to manage it at the moment. That means any situation that you experienced where you were given some big responsibility as a child that should have been for a caretaker or a loving adult that was or was not present is a trauma. If you had someone in your life that everything looked great on the outside as a family, but inside the house, things were quiet, no one really spoke up and said the things that needed to be said, or you weren't allowed to show emotions unless they were positive, and the emotions that you did show were often torn down, then those are examples. Of childhood traumas. If you grew up in a situation where you had a caretaker, a mother, a father, a grandparent, an aunt, or an uncle that you had to tend to because their needs were not being met in other places and they were relying on you to grow up in ways that you wouldn't have had to if they were in a better place, that's an example of a childhood trauma. So as a result, what happens is you go through life and you have a difficult time setting boundaries because it destroys your ability to believe that people will stay connected. Perhaps you were in a situation where you basically, your survival skill became, if I do what people want me to do, if you allowed people to do what they wanted to do in any small way, you felt like they would stay then the whole concept of setting boundaries is going to feel like a threat. That often then mimics itself in the partners that you choose, in the friendships that you choose, or even in the work environments that you choose. I want you to stop and take a minute and think about that. Are you in any relationships, whether personally or professionally, where you struggle to set boundaries, where the boundaries that you've tried to put in place are pushed back, or when you attempt to put those boundaries in place, they try to make you feel terrible, that means some things need to shift. When you've struggled or had experiences of childhood traumas or narcissistic abuse, when you try to put a boundary in place, it can cause feelings of self-doubt. You might have poor self-image. You have a damaged perception. You also will then notice that self-preservation becomes the primary. So if we think about that in terms of the brain, if you've been around me for a while, you've seen this. I love talking about how the back of the brain is where it holds our limbic system. In that limbic area of the brain is all of our stored procedural memory. These are the memories that we can recall and the memories that we can't. So you engage in a situation with someone. If you feel like your boundaries, your needs, your desire for self-respect and care are a threat, it fires off in the back of that brain, should we be afraid or should we not be afraid? if you grew up in situations where you weren't allowed to have boundaries because they were constantly being crossed, then any conflict with another person becomes a threat. And as a result of that, you may back down. So when you back down, self-preservation becomes the key. And that concept of self-preservation can often mean that instead of you communicating your boundaries, you choose to be silent. But today is the day that I want you to consider that it is time to be silent no more because every time you choose to ignore your needs and ignore your boundaries, you are diminishing your self-worth. Let's also be honest and say that when it comes to boundaries with families, that makes it even more complicated because it's difficult, it's challenging. These are people that you love and enjoy but also being in close connection with them might be a difficulty. I want to give you five examples of family boundaries that you may want to consider implementing or considering to implement at some point when you're ready, because it is also important for you to know this doesn't have to happen tomorrow. You get to choose and you get to decide, but I also want you to consider what is the cost of not having any boundaries in place? Five examples. One, time to yourself. You need time to yourself. And that means not always being available for everyone that is around you. And sometimes that even means the people that are in your house. I've definitely come across individuals, whether that's in conversation or whether that's in work, that we have walked through, man, that's very demanding for you to be in a situation or a circumstance where you feel like you have to be available to everyone in your life all the time, an important boundary to set is time for yourself. Number two is respect toward the feelings and emotions that you experience. But before you can require somebody else to respect your feelings and your emotions, you have to respect those feelings and emotions yourself. That's the whole premise behind boundaries. Boundaries mean I love myself enough to put a situation or a dynamic in place that we can both thrive, not just the other person. Number three, you deserve to have freedom from negative and controlling energy. I love this one because we don't often think about the dynamic and the aspect of sometimes we can just be in proximity with family members that make us uncomfortable. Those are the people in your life, you know who they are, that you anticipate when you're with them, they're going to say something that's hurtful. They're going to look at you. They're going to judge you. They're going to verbalize. They're going to expect something from you that adds to your energetic body in a way that can make you want to back away or not be in their presence. But you deserve to have freedom from that negative and controlling energy, but that freedom will not be afforded unless you set the boundary and you back yourself away or limit the amount of time that you spend in those places. Number four, you deserve to respect or have respect regarding your principles and beliefs. One of the most challenging dynamics to families is that with each generation or from child to child or even in between parents sometimes, the belief systems can be different. And we're not always going to agree around the same thing, but it's important to hold to the principles and beliefs that you find important. Where are you giving up that ground? And number five, one of my personal favorites, you have the freedom to change your mind. You deserve the freedom to change your mind. You are not always going to know exactly what you want. And sometimes you will know what you want, be afraid to execute it or communicate it in a moment, and then you need to stop and you need to back up and think again, you have the right to change your mind. Pay attention to the people in your family that make you feel bad for changing your mind. We need that space to ebb and to flow because what you think you need at one part of the day may change within the next few hours, or what you thought you needed when the request was first given may be very different. How can you use this information? Because knowledge is not power without application. You can take what you've heard today and consider a couple things. One, I want you to think about where do you lack boundaries in any area of your life? Two, I want you to consider where are you not speaking up? Where are you not using your voice out of fear of family pushback? Of how you'll be regarded or how you have been regarded. Here's the thing. If you have toxic members in your family, they're going to think what they think about you no matter what. So you might as well speak up and be okay with it. And number three, where do you need to honor your boundaries first? Because until you can honor them with yourself, you will struggle to ask other people to honor them as well. Reflect on these questions, whether that's through journaling, whether that's through thought, whether that's through coffee and conversation with someone you love, with a friend or a coworker, and then really think about how you can execute them and put them in place. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I always love this time with you. Check out the show notes so that you can get a handle on where we can stay connected. You can get a hold of me multiple different ways on Instagram under Dr. underscore J is where I spend a lot of my time. Website is drcharisse.com, and I'm also on the Cadre app, C-A-D-R-E. I go live there once a week. So if you enjoy this, you'll enjoy that even more. Check it out. Use invite code Dr.